The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Lessons, everybody. The Professor Nate Jacobson, Ben Wittenstein, we're Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. Now back to uh, a relatively weekly schedule. This is the most uh, kind of normal schedule, Nate, that we've had in just a little bit. Yeah, it was uh, definitely had a good consistency during football, and then stuff got in the way, and sports calendar died down a bit, and then it really picked up. And then I know you went to Vegas doing a a good thing uh, for the live on the line show, but. We did have something the last few weeks in terms of the NCAA tournament, and now we time to flip the calendar to kind of two new sports with the Masters and then Major League Baseball as their opening day. Pushed back a week, but it's still starting on Thursday. And then after that, NFL draft, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. So plenty of cool stuff coming on before the football preparations begin in the summer. Yeah, lots of ways to lose money. So very excited about that. But, Nate, it is the start of April, and we've been hearing the Masters music for the last couple weeks. Masters yeah. is coming up as of the release of this. It is tomorrow. How excited are you? This is this is like uh, your Super Bowl, if there was no Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, and I, I know for the casual golf fan and, and obviously the diehard golf fan, this is one of the best uh, golf tournaments of the year, especially you add Tiger Woods in the mix where it sounded like on Tuesday he is going to play in the Masters after a lot of questions on whether or not he'll give it a go. Woods hasn't played a professional or at least competitive tournament since November 2020. He had that really bad car accident in February 2021 where he broke bones in both his legs and gave him a lot of trouble walking. So there was really a lot of questions if he'd play this week because we haven't seen him at all maybe like get a warm-up tournament in. So a lot of doubts about that, but it looks like he's going to play, and that really does add a lot of fuel to the fire for the Masters. Um, I will say I do like a lot of these golf tournaments just whenever there's a good betting opportunity, and I also like – the U.S. Open and the Open Championship a lot, or a.k.a. the British Open. But the Masters is always fun because it's kind of the ringing into spring and winter's in the rearview mirror, and there's a lot of good sports coming up. So the Masters does sit on a good time in the calendar uh, where it's kind of fun, and there's a lot of hope as the weather hopefully gets warmer. Yeah, it's it's start a short season, Nate, and I don't know if people want to see <laughs> my legs and the pastiness, but it's finally short season so very excited about that. And the other thing about the Masters, too, is it's kind of the first golf tournament of the year that people really actually put money toward, too. Definitely. Obviously, the season starts in January, but this is the first major of the year. And 
after this month. There's going to be another major in May and then one in June and one in July. So it's kind of a fun string of golf events over the next three months, starting with the Masters um, and definitely a good time to make bets because for this tournament, there are a lot of different ways to bet, not just picking the winner, betting outrights to win. There's matchups. You can bet matchups by round. You can bet nationality props. You can bet the top amateur, top left-handed player, top former winner. There's a lot of cool ways to get involved and find ways to bet on golfers and not just trying to bet one guy to win out of a field of 91. So it could be a really fun weekend if you uh, allocate your funds right, and we're going to try to help you out in the next few minutes. Yeah, so let's just get into it. Obviously, with the Masters starting tomorrow, lots of players to bet from. There's lots of props to go through, as you just mentioned some. Um, who just kind of off the top are you going to be targeting? Because I, I made a list of some of these guys who I'm looking at, but you come from a much uh, deeper golf depth of knowledge than I do. So what? Uh, who, who are you kind of looking at? And I know you got an article on WatchStadium.com, too, for people who want to check that out. What? Who are you looking at? Yeah, so I... I spend a lot of time doing golf stuff the last three months and the way I kind of have been handicapping golf is the last three months is also looking to see like what player could pop at the masters because the fields for the masters are so competitive. It's all the best players in the world and at any major. So it's really hard sometimes to kind of just, just uh, like figure out who you want to bet on because you can make a case for pretty much anyone in like the top 25 of the, the odds board. So you're just trying to figure out which like nitpick kind of through the cons and why you shouldn't bet against a player. It could be their price. It could be something with their current form. But you're basically looking for players who have a decent or good course history at Augusta. You can put a lot of weight into course history at this tournament just because of the way uh, the unique features of the course. And then you're also looking for players playing well, specifically striking the ball well with their irons because the Augusta National is a very important second shot course. It's uh, very vital along with, you know, chipping and putting, but chipping and putting is kind of hard to predict, but you're, you know, you're looking for players that maybe are a little more experienced on the greens at Augusta. So the, the top guy I came up with for this week, and it's someone who kind of popped for me maybe within the last week or so, and it's Justin Thomas and, <laughs> the thing is, I think everyone's on Justin Thomas. This isn't any secret. Anyone who does any sort of golf uh, research looking at statistics know that Justin Thomas has been striking the ball with his irons incredibly well over the last few tournaments and has some really good finishes. He hasn't won in what, the 13 months since the 2001 Players' Championship, but that's kind of a good thing where he's kind of like revving himself up, getting better each week, and then he's going to peak at the right time for a tournament that he certainly wants to win. Uh, he's won 14 times in his PJ Tour career, only has one major, the PJ Championship in 2017. He's from Louisville, Kentucky, went to the University of Alabama, makes his home in Florida. So he's very familiar with the southeast region of the United States. I think just a lot of things are pointing in the direction of Justin Thomas, who has a good course history. He hasn't missed a cut in six attempts at the Masters, but he hasn't really contended to win. I think this is the time now for Justin Thomas to get his second major of his career and definitely the most elusive one in the green jacket. Yeah, um, I, I know the guy that I was looking at, we were talking a little bit before the show, uh, was Xander Shoffley. 
I, I it seems to me that like, his numbers have lined up pretty well. He's kind of one of those guys too who, when you look to bet the Masters, it, it seems obvious, but you kind of want to get those guys who seems like they're kind of in a groove. They're they're kind of nearing the peak of their careers for for the most part. He's 28 years old. He's been playing pretty well. I think he had four top 25 finishes in his last six starts um in the tournament or in in the PGA. I uh, came in second in 2019, 17th in 2020, third in 2021, and you said it to me as I was telling you about him. He's a guy that finishes close to first or finishes yeah. in contention, but he can just never finish it off. So I might look to bet Xander top 5. I think you can get him at 4 to 1, maybe top 10. You may get some places that give him at 2 to 1 for for top 10, but I do think those that type of bet for Xander, I mean, he was a guy I really kind of looked through. I like that type of bet for him. Yeah, Xander's one of those players where he's probably always going to be overvalued in terms of betting him outright because his statistics are so good, but he just doesn't have a signature win. A lot of his wins have come in, like, no-cut event, WGCs. He won the Olympics last year. So he's hasn't really won in a long time in like a normal stroke play event with a, a normal cut after two rounds. But, I mean, he has the statistical profile where he could win anywhere in the world. And, I mean, he has – he showed well last time at the Masters last year. He, where he Him and Hideki were kind of going back and forth, and he was trying to chase Hideki Matsuyama and ended up kind of falling back on the back nine. I think he finished tied for third, as you mentioned. So, yeah, Xander for me, I'm not going to talk you out of betting Xander, especially like a top five, because I could definitely see him up there. Um, Maybe bet him in some matchups against individual players that are in the full tournament head-to-heads that you could find a a variety of them at different sports books. But for me, he's not going to make my outright card. Although if you do like him and want to take a shot, you think he's going to break through, I would wait until maybe like Thursday morning before the tournament begins to bet him because I don't think he's going to be that popular of a betting pick this week. And as the week goes on, if players aren't getting bet, sports books will kind of drift the odds on players where you can get a better number on them as the week goes on. Let's talk uh, Hideki Matsuyama for a second, of course, the incoming winner from last season. I think you can get him. Um, I'm seeing like 35 to ones type things. Obviously not the, the heavy favorite or really like a, a super top five, top 10 favorite, but he's, he's in there kind of in the top group. What, what do you suggest for people who look at him? They say coming off a win, you know, maybe you don't bet him to, to win outright, but maybe you bet him top five, top 10 since he's shown he can play this course before. Yeah. So the, the course form, obviously amazing. He won last year. I know early in his career, he has contended at the Masters. So like last year's win, even though it kind of came out of nowhere, uh, if you f- followed his career early, it's not a complete surprise that he ended up winning a Masters. The problem with Matiyama, and I'll have no bets involving him or any, you know, picking him in any fantasy contest or any pools. If anyone's listening, I'd avoid Hideki because Last week, he withdrew in the second round from the Valero Texas Open, I believe with a neck injury, and that was three weeks removed from pulling out of the Players' Championship the morning the tournament started. He didn't hit a shot, but he withdrew from the event with a back injury. So I think Matsuyama is just really playing this event because he is the defending champ, and he's going to give it a go, but I don't fully trust his health. So that's why you're seeing... Some numbers, as you mentioned, 35 to 1. I just look quickly. There's even a 50 to 1 out there. I don't think there's a lot of betting interest in Hideki Matsuyama. 
If you do want to take a shot because you think the ceiling's there, go ahead. But for me, those injuries are too much of concern where I think there might be a little bit more to it because he he did pl- try to play in the Valero Texas Open last week and wasn't able to finish. And for me, that's a complete fade on Hideki this week. All right. I want to ask you also about your boy, the guy you seem to mention all every time we talk golf, and that's Will Zalatoris. <laughs> The guy has, let's see, this so far this golf season, he's coming second once. He's only missed the cut twice, five top 25s. Um, he's, you know, he, he, what, tied for 26th for the Players' Championship. Came in, he got a second-place finish at the Farmers' Insurance Open. He's had a pretty good season in terms of finishes. Like he's He's been playing well. He's a good ball striker. Um, I know, I think there's like a little bit of questions about putting consistency, but... Well, what do you expect from him? And I know in your article you kind of looked at he, – he was a name you mentioned at, at someone you were going to be looking at. Um, but but how should people best approach if they like Will Zalatoris, how they should approach betting him? Yeah, I think if you're in a contest or a fantasy league, DFS or something, he's definitely a player worth rostering. Um, in terms of outright betting, there's a player I like in Victor Hovland a little bit better. And because I like Hovland at a little bit of a shorter number, I won't be able to get to Zalatoris at his outright number. But – you're right. He has had a strong season. Uh, the the Farmers Insurance second place, he lost in a playoff to Luke List, and he missed a very makeable putt on 18 to win the tournament. And that's kind of the downfall of Will Z. It's the putting, especially from like within 10 feet, where you almost feel more confident in him making like a 25-footer than like a 5-footer. <laughs> and that's kind of scary because he could put the ball – with his irons right up next to the hole. And it doesn't matter if he's going to miss those short putts or if his putting stroke looks off. So I think that I wouldn't talk anyone out of betting him uh, to win outright. He finished second in his debut at the masters last year, which is incredible because the Augusta national is known for players making their debut, not having success. The last player to win the masters on his debut was fuzzy Zeller in 1979 so the fact that Zalatoris who at the time or he hasn't won a PGA Tour event even and the fact that he almost won the Masters last year and had a lot of good finishes last year um, kind of speaks to how good of a player he is and kind of like Xander where he doesn't have the win but the stats are are there especially when it comes to strokes gain approach a really good ball striker as you mentioned so gonna stay away from Zalatoris in terms of betting him to win at least before the tournament but I can, you know, make a case for him where I'm going to be looking to bet him on him in full tournament head to heads. Uh, but with Hovland, who's the other young hotshot uh, in the sport, or one of the many <laughs> young, I guess you could say Morikawa or the new world number one, Scotty Scheffler. But Hovland's a player I'm going to end up betting on. Uh, there's a good as 22 to one out there as we talk on a, a Tuesday evening. Uh, but he was the low amateur in 2019 in his debut. Wasn't in the field in 2020 in that COVID tournament in November. Uh, returned last year, finished 21st, even though he triple bogeyed his first hole. So he was kind of playing from behind all tournament. But he already has a win in Dubai this year, has some really good finishes um, in the United States this year. And another player kind of trending where he hasn't had that big American win yet, but the finishes are there, the iron play is there. If he can continue with the irons, 
hopefully not have to have too many opportunities around the greens where he's the chip because that's definitely the weakness of his game. If he can just put everything pretty close and not have to worry about play around the greens, I think he's definitely going to contend this week. And uh, when he's clicking, he could run away with this. That's how good he is, especially crazy thinking that he's only 24 years old and how much of an upside and ceiling he has. So Thomas and Hovland, the two guys I'm targeting, and because of that, I can't really bet guys like Xander or Zalatoris because there's just too many players at the top of the board, and I want to commit a lot of money to the, the top guys who I bet on. Yeah, I wanted to ask you one more question about the favorite at a lot of places, John Rahm. Uh, how obviously it seems, you know, in a tournament like the Masters with so many good players coming in this weekend and just a lot of question marks around who actually could win. It seems a little silly to just bet John Rahm is the winner outright because you're just you're not going to get him at a great number compared to other players who probably have just as good of a chance as he does. I mean, I'm seeing 10 to 1. Some eleven to one, twelve to one, just just not amazing numbers for a tournament of this caliber who has such good players surrounding him. Well, are, are you looking to bet John Rahm in anything in any capacity? Because he's he's had a good season so far. Missed the cut once out of nine events. Uh, top ten, top five twice so far. Top ten four times this year. Yeah, Rahm's a player that always seems to kind of be there uh, in contention or, or at least around the leaderboard. If you're looking on on Saturday, he was maybe on the first page or two of the leaderboard. So I get why he's priced like this, because if he was priced a little deeper, like 14 or 1, 16 or 1, he'd be everyone's popular bet. Uh, so I think the number is always usually has been correct with John Rahm, especially since he won the U.S. Open last summer. He hasn't won a tournament since then, and he just lost the world number one ranking to Scotty Scheffler, who is on an absolute heater right now, winning three of his mm-hmm. last uh, three tournaments in the last six weeks, I believe it is, or at least within the last two months. So maybe Rom, you know, gets has a little bit of motivation, chip on his shoulder, losing the world number one. But for me, not going to uh, bet on him this week, or really not going to want to fade him though in like matchups. Like I'm not going to bet Justin Thomas at plus money against Rom because Rom definitely has the goods to win the Masters. Um, the one thing that he has struggled with this year in general has been his putter, which is a little bit surprising considering he is one of the strong like stronger putters on tour. So maybe if he can flip his putting, he definitely has a chance to win. But I, the putting has been kind of like so worrisome that I want to see at least him like putt field average before putting my money on him in the outright market. All right. Finally, last thing about the Masters, then we'll do a little bit of MLB talk. Tiger Woods. Can't talk about the Masters without talking Tiger Woods. It sounds like he's going to be playing. Um, and I, the smart move here, and I even know this, and I'm not a traditional golf better, but <laughs> – Stay away from betting Tiger Woods at the number that he's at right now. He's going to be an incredibly popular bet, an incredibly popular player that people are betting on. But with his history and so many unknowns about what he has in the tank left, to get him at the number, what is it, 50 to 1 around yeah, there? Pretty it much. It doesn't 50 to seem one. worth it. Yeah, 50 to 1, it would be a ridiculous bet on him. And I know it's exciting that he is back. I know he won three years ago, but it's a really different circumstance now, as I mentioned, with the the car accident and the concern that he's not going to be able to walk the course like he is used to doing when he's fully healthy. And I look back at the interview he had at the Genesis Invitational, which is the event that he hosts out in Los Angeles at Riviera. 
And Jim Nance was interviewing him about, like, are you coming back? Are we going to see you at Augusta in, in six or seven weeks? And he's kind of held back about talking. Like, he didn't want to make a commitment, obviously, at the time, which makes sense. But he mentioned something about how, like, swinging a club and playing 18 or 36 holes in, like, a, with a golf cart isn't a big deal for him. But the walking the course is something that he didn't sound truly confident in. So I could see Tiger maybe playing well for a round, but will he play well Friday, especially if, like, the weather's kind of windy or maybe there's a chance of rain or something? Like, will he play well into the weekend, and will that physical toll kind of, you know, take a toll on him? And I think it very well could. So I think he could make the cut. I wouldn't bet no on him making the cut because it's kind of an easy cut to make at the Masters because the top 50 in ties and there's 91 players and a good amount of the players have a very low chance of making the cut because they were former Masters winners and they're probably uh, holding AARP cards or something because they're in like their 70s or they're just amateurs. So uh, for Tiger, yeah, outright, you're not getting any value. Um, I'm, I'd be interested to see who they have for him in tournament matchups. So maybe we'll, you know, there could be an opportunity there. Uh, but maybe Masters to make the cut, but or Tiger to make the cut at the Masters. But I, I don't think uh, he's worth a bet um, unless he like I don't know. I, I would need like literally like 200, or like 150 to one to consider betting him. Yeah, um, makes sense. I, I really, it's just. One of those things you're never going to get a discount on a player that is truly the most popular in the sport, even yeah. when he steps away from the game for a year and a half, pretty much. All right. So those are the master's picks or previews and, and kind of who we're looking at. Um, definitely go read Nate's article, watchstadium.com, if anybody is interested. Let's move on to the MLB because spring, of course, means masters. It means baseball. We get a little bit of a two-week delay with baseball, but we're back better than ever. MLB preview. 162 games. Uh, the playoffs have been expanded because of the new deal. Uh, 10 to 12 teams. Nate, you picked out some teams whose win total uh, you're going to be looking at, and then maybe some teams, too, who you're looking to fade, who you're going to yep. be betting with. You made a whole list, um, a couple of M's, Mariners, Marlins. So who who out of this, some of these teams are you really feeling strongly for? So team I'm feeling strongly for are the Miami Marlins, which sounds kind of crazy because it's a, a franchise that is kind of an embarrassment outside of uh, like two World Series appearances. They've had very little success. But one thing I like to do when it comes to MLB win totals and sometimes win totals in, in other sports like like football and, and maybe NBA, I like looking at the point differential or in this case for baseball run differential and if you look at MLB.com, they have a separate column in their standings of the expected record uh, based on, like, what they should have been based on their run differential. And I like looking at, like, the biggest discrepancies from the record and their expected record. And the Florida – or Florida Marlins, the Miami Marlins, the team <laughs> that was formerly the Florida Marlins. That's been a while. I don't know why I said that. It's been, like, 10 years since they changed, so that's kind of an excusable. But – uh Basically, the Marlins last year were expected to win 72 games. Uh, they ended up winning 67 games, so they were five games worse than expected. So I think there's some positive regression ability there. There's also, they're in a division with the world champion Braves, teams in big markets like the Mets and Phillies, the Nationals, and the Nationals are going to be bad this year, even though I think the perception of them is 
they are a good team because they won the World Series a few years ago, but they're going to be bad. So I like that in the case of the Marlins. But I just like Miami's lineup. They have young pitching with a lot of potential. You look at another team in the division going through issues with the Mets and Jacob deGrom. Looks like he's going to be out at least the first month, probably a couple months of the season. And at the website Fangraphs, that does pretty good fantasy baseball projections, they have the Marlins projected to just go over 500. So their win total right now, uh, 67 and a half, sorry, 76 and a half on the Miami Marlins. So just having them to go 77 and 85, I think is very reasonable for Miami, a team that I think's on the rise just because of this young pitching that they've accumulated through multiple trades and times where they were like sellers at the deadline. So I think they're kind of ready to make some noise and maybe we'll flirt with one of those um, second wild card spots now that they're or third wild card spots. Now yeah, that right. there are six playoff teams in each league. Well, it's interesting because we've got, you know, this will we'll release Wednesday morning. We got baseball opening day on Thursday. Bunch of games to look at. And some of these yep. teams on this list obviously play play on Thursday. If you want to mention a, one or two more of these teams that you feel strongly about for their win totals. Sure. So the Mariners, I'll, I'll go the opposite way. The Mariners, and even though I consulted with our good friend Michael Rizzo before, and he actually likes the <laughs> Mariners, but I'm going to go against him. Because if you look wow. at their record last year and their expected record, it was a 14-game difference. So the Mariners won 90 games last year, kind of out of nowhere. They just fell short of the playoffs. But if you look closer, their run differential was minus 51. So they were only expected to win 67 games or 76 games. I don't know why I keep mixing up. They were expected to win 76 games. So 14, <laughs> they won 14 games more than expected. They did bolster the lineup a little bit. They got uh, Eugenio Suarez from the Reds and along with Jesse Winker, an outfielder. They did add the Cy Young winner, the Cy Young winner, Robbie Ray. But after Robbie Ray, there's a lot of question marks for the rotation. And I think just those numbers make him a perfect regression candidate where now their win total, 83.5, 84.5. They're being asked to go over 500, and Fangraphs only has them winning 79 games. So I think the Mariners are going to probably finish about 500, so I'm looking to bet under on the Mariners, who are kind of the trendy team, it seems like, in the American League especially adding the AL Cy Young winner to a team that won 90 games last year. Right. But I like betting against the teams that kind of like won the offseason or like the trendy team in the offseason just because they made a few free agent moves. Um, and the Mariners fall into that category as a team I want to bet against. Look at that opening day. They play the Twins. They're the underdog, but only slightly. You can get the Twins yeah. at minus 115 on, on the money line. So I'd be careful, like, betting, if you agree with me on the Marlins and Mariners, I'd be careful, like, betting them on an individual basis early in the year just because it's 162 games. <laughs> so, like, they're going to obviously go on win streaks and losing streaks. Maybe it's early, maybe it's late. But sure. I would uh, be careful doing that, especially since baseball betting individual games is so starting pitcher-based. So this is kind of like a full season outlook on the team, and it's not like other sports where – Pretty much the fluid, odd situation, no matter who's playing. But for baseball, it's totally different. And just wanted to add one more team and talk about them, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. And, I don't know, maybe I'm bitter because last year I had the Cardinals under 87.5 wins. And uh, it was pretty much counting my money, honestly, in early September. And then they go on and win oh, 17 straight games run. in September, win 90 games, get the second wild card spot. 
actually almost beat the Dodgers in the wild card game. But that was basically a 500 team for most of the year for the first five months in the year. I'm kind of counting on them to stay as that 500 team. Their win total is 84 and a half. Um, have some concerns about the rotation. They have a new manager. But I think the best way to play the Cardinals, and you can get them at minus 110 to miss the playoffs. And even though it's an expanded format in the NL, I think there's enough good teams in the NL East and the NL West where only one team from the NL Central is going to make the playoffs. And that pick for me would be the odds-on favorite, the Milwaukee Brewers. I know the Cubs are below average. The Reds traded away a bunch of players. The Pirates are beginning their rebuild. So I could see the Cardinals maybe winning like 85, 86, 87 games, but still missing the playoffs. So probably Cardinals not to make the playoffs would be my preference as opposed to under their win total. But I think they're going to kind of hover around that 500 mark that they did for so much of last season before they ripped off 17 straight wins. Yeah, you know, I'm all in on that. Anytime you could root against the Cardinals, count me in, count me right. in for that, because I'm not going to be able to root for much as a Cubs fan this year. Yeah, and it's also like money like for six months like root on or against yeah. the team every night. And, I mean, I, I do that with like NHL and NBA where I like pick like four to six teams a year in a sport I don't follow uh, on a daily basis and check the standings every once in a while and then come September for baseball, start rooting or for or against that team. Yeah, or there you go. Sometimes you, money. you do it. Sometimes if you do it right, you could clinch uh, a win total over or under, usually the uh, the under by like Labor Day. So that's always nice to feels gratifying knowing that your uh, process worked. And <laughs> that's my process with baseball and looking at the uh, expected wins from last year and hoping uh, teams either positively or neg- negatively regress. Yeah, there you go. All right. So that's our Masters and Kind of a shorter MLB preview. We'll have more MLB stuff throughout the year. Of course, opening day yep. is on Thursday, but uh, we'll, we'll do more MLB stuff throughout the season. And like Nate said at the beginning of the podcast, some NBA podcast, NBA playoff stuff's coming up. So we yeah. got a lot of stuff to talk about, Nate. And more golf, more more majors. For sure. I was thinking maybe next week we could do a, before the NBA play-in games, do a preview of the those games and then also like yeah. whatever series are um, – set i think that by then there'll be like four of the series set the four fives and three sixes and we can talk about potential paths and some of the futures odds and maybe even dip our toes in the nfl draft just to kind of get people kind of set up to you know there's a lot of strategy in terms of betting the nfl draft and a lot i think a lot more nfl betting props or nfl draft props will be up for betting now that the college basketball season is over so can try to figure out how to make money there because that's a really fun uh, time betting the NFL draft. You can get some really yeah. good bets if you follow the information closely. Well, don't don't tempt me with a good time, Nate. Don't do that because I'm I'm excited. That should be a lot of fun. So we'll have that coming up in April for the next couple episodes. We're back. Vacation's over. We got stuff to bet on, and we're going to bring you all our best bets, our best ideas, strategies, everything throughout the month and into May for the NHL and NBA playoffs. So we'll have to have Alexis on, talk NHL playoffs, too. Absolutely. Give her, now that she's a betting woman and she does, uh, <laughs> she's into it now. She's into the, the uh, degeneracy. So that'll be a lot of fun, too. So we'll be back next week talking more bets. Good luck on the Masters. Good luck on uh, the Euro Major League Baseball win totals. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. 